Hey, I'm Kim Short, and it's time to get your podcast on. Welcome to What Led Her Here, exploring the defining experiences of women's lives. My guest today is menstruality mentor, Nikki Zabitz. Nikki is an early retired teacher and homeschooling mom of three daughters who founded Pretty River Red Tent in Ontario, Canada. Nikki's aim is to broaden the narrative around menstruation and as such has created a place for all womb havers to gather, connect, learn and share in the wisdom and power of our cycles. Nikki brings so much knowledge and passion around this topic and I'm thrilled to have her here today to share her story. Welcome Nikki. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, Kim. (laughs) There is so much stigma and lack of good information and discussion around the topic of menstruation, as you well know. And I know we're going to get into all of that. But first things first, please tell us what a menstruality mentor is and what drew you to this mission. So a few years ago, I didn't even know what a menstruality mentor was. It's a beautiful, beautiful inspiring job to be facilitating and helping women and womb havers tune in to their menstrual cycles through menstrual cycle awareness. So being aware of their menstrual cycle, what day they're on, what energies they're feeling. And it doesn't even matter where they are in their menstrual cycle journey, whether they're young and it's menarche, their first bleed, or if they're in their menstruating years or if they're in menopause or the mature years, there's always a cyclical nature to that body of knowledge. And as a mentor for that, I help with strategies and tuning into that daily energy shift that is happening. Um, What led me to this is I feel like I've been very disconnected from my body for most of my life. When I got my first bleed, it was sort of a, a time of fear, shame. I didn't tell my mom. I didn't really know the significance of that milestone. And I barely cycled for even a year before I went on the pill. So I suppressed ovulation, which is what the pill does for 10 years. So I never, I was never in tune with the natural rhythms of my body. And then I went straight off the pill and right into pregnancy and breastfeeding for almost seven years because I had three kids back to back. So I never had a connection to that cyclical nature. So after I was done having babies, I was finally realizing what it felt like to be a cyclical being. And I had no connection and it was scary and up and down. And I've had the same feelings that I had that first year that I cycled, which was I hated my period. It was negative experience. Um, I felt like it was unfair that women had to go through this. And, and I eventually stumbled upon menstrual cycle awareness and started reading up on it with self-study. And I really dove deep. And I'm that type of person where I dive right in. And it was so life-changing as like, doesn't even describe how I felt when I was reading this. It brought up rage in me too, thinking like, I cannot believe that I lived 30 something years not knowing this knowledge. And so I started sharing it with friends and my husband and family members. And 
it was the same reaction from all of us. And they all had similar experiences where they were just like, what? I can't believe that we were not taught this. I can't believe that I don't know this about my own body. So I studied with Red School, which is a wonderful uh, business by Alexandra Pope and Shawnee Hugo Wurlitzer. They run Red School and they're like the founding pioneer voices in menstrual cycle awareness. And I did my menstruality leadership program with them. And it was such a beautiful experience just connecting with women across the world who had the same passions as me. And yeah, it's just become a compass for my life. It's become my map. And I love sharing it with other women. And I have three daughters. So they've been an inspiration for me to be making sure they have this knowledge you know, about their bodies that it happens to us every month for like 50 years of our lives. And I was just so oblivious. Yes, I can totally relate to that. And I was so glad that we happened to connect recently on social media, because just as I started sort of dipping my toe into that pool of knowledge, right? Because I, like you, had gone decades with a lack of knowledge, a lack of awareness. I was on the pill just like you for a number of years and had no connection to that. Just thought of my period as a total hassle. You know, all the the jokes that go around it, like, oh, you're, you know, you're such a bitch. You must be on the rag. Like that's the kind of language that we grow up with, which is a shame. And It wasn't until really recently, and maybe, you know, my daughters starting to menstruate, they would die if they heard me telling the world that, but, (laughs) and maybe, I mean, it couldn't be more natural, but Mm -hmm. but still there is that stigma, isn't there? But it wasn't until really recently when they started that I thought, what is it around all of this? And, and, you know, I really, when they started, I framed it as such a gift to be a woman, to be a life giver. And like, I was really working overtime, trying to like put a positive spin on it because of all these years of negative connotation that surrounded it for me. Right. And for most people. Mm-hmm. So I am so glad that we connected and that I've started that journey for myself uh, around awareness so that I can give that gift, not only to me, but to my daughters. And I'm so glad that we, we share that as well. That having three daughters is such a gift in itself. So yeah, Absolutely. And when I think about like my experience of my first bleed compared to my daughter, my oldest daughter has had for her first bleed. And I know everyone is different and not everyone is going to be like this, but her experience was just so joyful. And she had so much prior lived knowledge through watching me kind of work into loving and appreciating my cycle. And it brought her so much joy and she Skyped her both sets of grandparents to tell them. And like, it was complete opposite of my experience. I hid it from everyone. I felt shame and fear. I didn't tell my own mother. And she was Skyping her grandparents and calling her aunts and uncles as if she told them she got like a new bike for Christmas. Like it was, you know, and I'm not saying everyone's experience is like that because some some people like it to be more private or whatnot, but it was just so beautiful to watch that naturalness to that and the celebration and the milestone that it, it's meant to be. And she had no shame, not an ounce of shame, which is so key. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, 
I couldn't agree more. And because it is the most natural thing in the world, isn't it? Yeah. So why That's why we're you, here. We wouldn't be here without it. <laughs> you're exactly right. So yeah. why do you think that there's this negative stigma around menstruating? There's so much history in that question, right? Because some cultures, there's an embracing in it. And there's a there's a an honoring of it, and it's seen as a wise gift, which is what it is. And that's where the red tents and the the womb huts came in, and that's where my inspiration for the red tent has come from. But then there are other cultures that it is seen as dirty, and some women aren't allowed to be in the kitchen or touch food, or I'm not sure of all the exact historical connotations with each culture, but that has sort of just bled into our culture, unfortunately. And it's also having obviously to do with patriarchy and, you know, the fact of women being less than, and there's so much in media and TV. And like, if you watch any show, the period jokes, some of them are funny, but it's so crazy that the overall view of it is that it's dirty. It shouldn't be talked about. Um, it should be hidden. And it's a woman's thing, you know, which all of that is just bullshit. And it puts so much heavy weight and so much shame on us carrying those stories around when this is literally something that is happening to us every single month. Like if this was happening to men every month, they would be shouting it from the rooftops. Like (laughs) I can bleed a cup of blood and not die. I am king. You know, like that's basically (laughs) what would happen. And, And we're just sitting over here hiding it and stuffing tampons up our sleeves and not crinkling papers in bathrooms and not even telling our mothers and friends what's that we're tired and we need to rest because our uterus lining is shedding out of our <laughs> out of our vaginas. Like it's just insane when you think about it. But I never thought about it like that. Yeah. I love that when you started to become aware of your menstrual cycle and to learn about it, that you started to share that with your friends. And the fact that they had the same experience and like the one that I just talked about earlier Mm -hmm. of this lack of awareness, this negativity around that, it's crazy that half the population has this shame and the secrecy around this most natural of bodily functions. So tell me, once you sort of made those connections with your friends and had that mutual understanding of that lived experience, what came next for you? What led to the red tent, which I think is the coolest thing. And I can't wait to hear more about it. (laughs) It's so funny because I think those two ideas were intertwined because while I was learning about menstrual cycle awareness, um, actually, before I even learned about menstrual cycle awareness, I read the book Red Tent. And it was one of those books that had left this whisper in my mind that was like, I want to have a red tent. I want to have a red tent in my community. I want to be able to provide that for people. And that was like a seed that was planted in my mind like 10 years ago. And I knew I would do it somehow, somewhere. And who knows what came first, right? The chicken or the egg, but they were intertwined. And when I was sharing menstrual cycle awareness with my friends, I was doing it through moon circles. So I would, we would meet and I would do moon circles and then I would drop little hints and little seeds for them and talk about it. And, and it just evolved into this cyclical monthly gathering with friends and their encouragement and 
their joy from being there and how much they were getting out of it. It was just like, oh, it was so I couldn't, no one could stop me from making a red tent. That's what one of my friends was like. She's like, I, good luck not doing this. Like you, <laughs> this is, this is your, um, you know, your life's mission. So I knew I wanted to do it. And after I did my training, I was like, this is the time. And I thought of a name. We live on the pretty river and we researched and, and ended up deciding on creating a geodome on our property. And I just had so many visions and dreams of exactly what it would look like. And it just was birthed. It's there. It's in my yard. (laughs) All of these really great ideas started to form. And I just had so many ideas about workshops with moms and daughters about monarchy, monarchy celebrations, moon circles, gatherings, to create a space where this is where you can come to surrender, to just be yourself, to talk about your cycle, to just listen and not talk, to um, talk about anything going on in your life. It's a very safe, warm, inviting space for cyclical beings and It's just turned into such a beautiful business and I'm so very proud of it. And the womb havers that walk through that door and that are in that space, the feedback I'm getting is just so beautiful and it just feeds my soul how people feel when they're in there. Oh, I love it. And I I just so feel the passion coming off of you when you talk about this. I love that you've created this space for community, for all ages of women and womb havers to gather. So tell me, what does maybe a typical gathering sort of look like when you walk through the the red door of your geodome? What does that space look like and feel like? And what are some of the experiences that you've had come out of that, that really have stuck with you and that reinforce that you are doing the right thing. So you walk in, uh, the seats are on the floor because I want everyone to feel very grounded and comfortable. There's hot water bottles for wombs if everyone needs one. There are soft blankets on the chairs, carpets, and softness everywhere. And there's an altar And the altar is always changing. It often has, I make um, inner season power cards. So they're cards that reflect the energies of the inner phases of the cycle. And they're always on the altar. And it just gives women a chance to just notice them. And they often put their name or a shell on one of the energies that they're feeling. And I just love that ritual. It's just promoting women to tune in right away. Yeah. And think about, well, how am I feeling right now? You know, it's not about anybody else. It's not about what I'm supposed to look like or what I'm supposed to say, or it's just how am I feeling right now? And there's no wrong answer. So that's usually how the educational or the more ritual gatherings start. But oftentimes the most beautiful connection is happening through stories Mm. and sharing their experience and their stories. And you learn so much when you hear part of your story and someone else's, or when you don't relate at all, it's you learned so much in that sense. And so there's just a lot of wonderful conversation and listening and witnessing. 
lots of aha moments, lots of supporting, lifting up, celebrating. I learned so much from the women that come into that space. When the world starts to open back up again, you can count me in for that. I, mm. That sounds like a beautiful space to be a part of. Yeah, they're, they're so wonderful and they're always different. And it's like you make fast friends. Yeah. I want to go back to something you touched on earlier, and that was you talked about seasons. And I'm just learning about this in the book I'm listening to called Period Power. And I know you actually were the one who recommended that book to me by Maisie Hill, right? Mm -hmm. Am I, yep. So the seasons of the menstrual cycle are something that are very new to me, but I would love if you could talk more about that and how we can tune into that. Yeah. So the menstrual cycle, often people think when we talk about the menstrual cycle, they think we're talking about the period of bleeding, your period. Um, that's only one week. And that is not the menstrual cycle. That's your menstruation. The menstrual cycle is actually four distinct phases of the month-long time frame. Some 28 days, actually, that's a very small amount of women have a 28-day cycle, but that's what textbook uses. And within that time frame, that container of a month, there are four distinct phases. And when we talk in menstrual cycle awareness language, we are using the seasons, winter, spring, summer, and fall to overlay on top of that because they fit so, so beautifully. And it's very natural for that to happen because we are like nature. So the inner winter is the first season of the menstrual cycle which is menstruation and your bleed. And I often don't love to give day numbers because everyone's days will be different depending on how long your cycle is, but it's, it's usually the time of when you're bleeding. Sometimes you might feel you drop into inner winter right before your bleed. And in the inner winter, it's a time of rest, inward focus and surrendering really dropping your bundle and letting go of all those outside responsibilities as much as possible so that you can make space for this inner wisdom that could possibly come in at that time. This is the time when the veil is supposed to be thinner and that time for women is very sacred. And it's when a lot of their intuition and inner wisdom comes through, but in our society, most women and womb havers are ignoring this time and just powering through in this linear world. And we're not even tapping into this beautiful power of this time of rest and making space for new ideas and even just making space for rest and restoration. Yeah. And then from inner winter, we move into the inner spring. And this is a time of newness, playfulness, innocence, sprouting new ideas, kind of joining the world again, having little sparks of, oh, hello, I'm back. <laughs> and it can be a really beautiful time for women. It's pre-ovulation. So it's um, your, your hormones are rising. You're kind of catching that wave of energy, but it's not always that way for everyone. So this is just a general kind of overlay. Not everyone always feels exactly the way the seasons are portrayed. Like for instance, for me, the inner spring is a tough season for me. I feel a lot of anxiety and uh, decision paralysis. I get a little bit 
overwhelmed with all of the things I have to get going on. And there are lots of strategies within the menstrual cycle awareness that will help with that. But so we move from inner spring into inner summer, which is ovulation, which for a lot of womb havers is the Beyonce phase of the <laughs> menstrual cycle um, where they feel more beautiful. They feel even their face is more symmetrical. They feel the most energy, but not all women feel that way. So it's really nice to focus more for this season on. It's this time of celebration and gratitude and, and putting yourself out there or doing things that bring you pleasure. And it's also a time where a lot of women can be giving at this time, because you have the energy. So I find I'm a kick-ass mom in this, in this season. <laughs> I'm a wonderful wife in this season. I'm a great friend. And yeah, so it's an inner season where you can give more of your time to others. But it is very important too to make sure you're focusing on pleasure for yourself at this time as well. And then from the inner summer, the ovulation phase, we move into the inner autumn, which is the premenstrual phase. And this is the phase of the menstrual cycle that has the worst rap, but it is my favorite inner season. It has so much power and passion and intuition. And this, this is one of the phases that I get the most joy in women um, learning about and in finally embracing because it's, I find it's where a lot of our power lies and it's where we feel the most shame and where we're silenced the most, but it's the time when we should be listening so very deeply at what's coming up at this time and what's difficult for us and what that inner critic is saying at this time. Like that's all really important information that we've been basically trained to ignore. And it's a really beautiful time. This is where there can be a lot of creativity and inner focus, but productive inner focus um, this is a lot of the time when you may find you can see all of the mess in your house. Uh, you want to just burn everything down. You want to just be by yourself and do what you want to do, which is so empowering. And it's kind of the time in our cycles where we have this like no bullshit filter. And it's like, it can be dangerous, but it can be powerful for using it properly. Mm. So I adore the inner autumn season and that's coming from someone who struggled their whole life with PMS and moodiness. I'm a very, I was labeled a very moody person. Mm. That's a good thing to just identify there is that the fall would be that typical sort of quote unquote PMS time. Mm -hmm. If that's something that you yeah, struggled the, with. Yeah. The, the week or so before your bleed which is yeah. a really tough time for women because our world is not women and womb havers. Our world is not set up for us feeling like that and us expressing those emotions and needs at that time. And that's what's happening. Needs are coming up at that time that we've been pushing down the rest of the cycle. We've been meeting others' needs. And finally, in that week or so before your period, you've had enough, like you're human and and that's really important information. So paying attention to that is really life-changing. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that in that time before my bleed, for sure. And then sometimes if I'm not paying attention to the calendar, my body says, hello, you know, in my mind, they're like, hey, we know where you are and we're going to make you feel this way. And then I'm like, oh, that's why. So it's, you know, like your body 
it knows and it will tell you even if you're trying to ignore it. And like you said, even if we're trying to power through, which we often do, right? Mm-hmm. Our bodies sometimes just stop us in our tracks. So if we can be more aware of that, of our cycle, of those seasons, of our energy levels within those seasons, then we can sort of give ourselves a break, right? And be a bit kinder and gentler to ourselves as we move through that cycle. Absolutely. Like this awareness breeds compassion, acceptance. It helps you prepare. It helps you be mindful of your schedule, what you're what you're saying yes to when. It helps you use your best qualities in the times when they're needed. And it helps you protect your vulnerabilities and be more compassionate and loving towards yourself. Like who would not want that? (laughs) And it's a built-in system we have in our own bodies that we've been ignoring most. I'm I'm saying we as if everyone, but that a lot of women and womb havers have just been ignoring or not being made aware of. It's like having a built-in personal coach, you know? Yeah. I love that you have this language around menstruation that is really inclusive. I know you've said womb havers. That is something I learned from you. And also just in general around language, how do we sort of shift that from what we've been brought up, you know, hearing to something that is not only more inclusive, but that's kinder and Mm -hmm. uh, more accurate. What are your thoughts on that? Well, and again, I'm, I'm always a student to this and I've had to evolve my language as well. Um, and even womb havers, so I say that to include all genders and because not only women menstruate, but also there are women who don't have wombs because of hysterectomies mm. or whatnot. So even womb havers, I do feel when I say that, that I'm still excluding those. But And when I say it, I do mean energetically as well. You know, that womb is there, even though it's maybe not physically there. But I'm always learning as well to be inclusive with language and, and also to have language that doesn't bring shame. So even that we're moving away from menstrual hygiene to menstrual care and things like that, because the word hygiene suggests that it's dirty and we need to clean ourselves, which is so not (laughs) where we want to go with that. We're just moving backwards with that as well. So yeah, again, I'm always learning and open to being more inclusive with my language, but it is important because, you know, if we want our young generation to, to be viewing menstruation as a part of life and not something that is dirty and that needs to be hidden or that is only reserved for the gender of female. Um, Cause that's, that's not our reality. Yeah, absolutely. So obviously there's a need for better education really for all ages since me at the age of 44 is just learning about what I wish I would have known mm-hmm. decades ago, but Being that we both obviously have daughters, so that's of huge importance to us to make sure that younger generation has the knowledge and awareness. What is your contribution to to that piece of it? I feel like I have a a very unique perspective on this for many reasons. Being one, I'm a retired teacher, so I do know what was being taught in the schools. And it has been about 10 years since I have been teaching, so hopefully it has evolved a little bit, but I I don't have firsthand knowledge of that because I homeschool. But when I was teaching, (laughs) it's just 
it's almost laughable what was being taught in schools. And it's not much different than what I was taught in school. And the focus is often preventing pregnancy, which now we know that that's a very small portion of what young women need to be learning about their bodies. Um, There's so much more than about our cycles rather than just preventing pregnancy. And I feel like when we're not giving them this information, it's setting them up for basically a life of not being connected to their body and not really knowing what our menstrual cycles can provide for us rather than a signal that we're not pregnant. So for me and having three daughters and having that lack of knowledge growing up and that lack of connection with my mom over this, I just wanted to change that, change that narrative and change that experience and that relationship. So there's so many facets to this. So in my mother-daughter programs, I've designed them so that it's a partnership with the mom and daughter and it's a slow growing relationship. And it's not just one sex talk. It's not just one conversation or one lesson at school. It's a thousand conversations and it's a thousand opportunities for her to witness us living that relationship with our menstrual cycle. And I'm kind of just planting seeds and modeling this relationship with my cycle and in giving these girls and their moms an opportunity to explore looking at it in this way and to be around other women and other young girls who are going through that. Yeah. I'm kind of just giving an opportunity to grow this relationship with menstrual cycle awareness. And I feel like if I had something like that with my mom at that age, I just feel like it would have affected so many things in my life, my sexuality, my experience with that, my relationships with friends, my relationship with my parents, It's just connected to so many things. So I'm just trying to have an an alternative option for moms and daughters to be able to dive into that part of their lives. Yeah, I, I agree. There is still a lack there in the curriculum in terms of quote unquote sex ed in general, I feel. Mm -hmm. And like, I'm really open with my girls, but not all parents are like that. Mm -hmm. So in, you know, in some households, there's definitely not that open communication that's happening around anything taboo and and specifically menstruation. So mm-hmm. thank you so much for the work that you're doing. It's so important to open that up, to really normalize this very normal body function and to just to learn and to celebrate it. Mm-hmm. And to normalize also not always knowing the answer. Like I definitely am not, I'm not a doctor. I don't know everything I'm learning too. And I feel like that's so powerful when you're around someone who admits to, I don't know everything, but we can find this out together. You know, let's look into this or, oh, what do you think? Or I heard this here, you know, open conversations that don't have shame or judgment around them. It's so powerful. And that's the point of the red tent, right? That's what that atmosphere is encouraging. Those open conversations, that welcomeness, that acceptance, the witnessing, That's how I want to be raising my daughters. So they're around women of all ages talking about their experience. And that's the history of the red tent. So I'm really trying to stay true to that. Oh, I love it. So tell me, what is the life lesson that you would like to share to inspire and empower other people? I feel like it's the power of tuning in. I was one of those 
I still am a little bit where I'm often, I love knowledge. I love learning and I often seek like information and which is a great thing, but it also was a little bit detrimental in the sense where I lost that connection to myself and I wasn't listening. I wasn't looking for the answers within. And I feel like with menstrual cycle awareness, it gave me this framework that I could 100% learn about myself each month. And I still am doing that. Even being a menstruality mentor, I'm still every month, every time my blood comes, I learn something. I'm learning lessons with each inner season. And that's so empowering that I don't have to be always looking outward. And like that, I, I just need to be tuning in and listening and accepting and showing compassion. And there's, there's so much power in that. And I guess that's like the feminine way, you know, not always doing, but more reflecting and and stepping back a little bit. So I feel like that was probably my biggest lesson was that there really is knowledge inside. I just didn't know where to find it. And I feel like the paying attention to the menstrual cycle gave me this map, this compass to be able to learn more and more about myself. So tell me what is next for you? What excites you about the future? It's been tough with the COVID and lockdowns and a lot of stopping and starting. I've had to pivot a little bit and I just am starting a an actual online psychoconsciousness course. So I'm really excited for that. And I'm really also just so excited to get things going again in person. I have a lot of moms and daughters that are just waiting for the next mother-daughter workshop to start. So that excites me. Yeah. And then there's just raising my family still. <laughs> all, yeah. of the, uh, all of the other life that is still going on in the background. That's also very wonderful, but yeah. So are you ready for the final five? Oh yes. Okay. These are the same <laughs> five questions I ask of every guest. And the first one is if you could have one superpower, what would it be? I think that I would like to have some control over time somehow. <laughs> I think I would like to slow down time when I want to really appreciate it and also speed it up when I like want to get through the dishes or whatever <laughs> so that I could really be present for the stuff that matters. <laughs> oh, I would do that for laundry time. Yeah. I would speed yes, it up for laundry. sure. <laughs> That's mm. a good one. When you were a kid, what did you think you'd be when you grew up? you know what? It's boring. I wanted to be a teacher and that's what I was. (laughs) I don't think that's boring (laughs) (laughs) for many years. And yeah. And then I eventually ended up leaving my teaching career to unschool my girls. And I guess I'm always kind of facilitating and teaching in my life, but yeah, I, I wanted to be a teacher. I would definitely say you are still a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Not only yeah. for your girls, but for all of all of us. So thank mm-hmm. you for that. If it were your last day on earth, what would your final meal be? Oh, I would have to say 100% a huge table of like authentic Indian food. <laughs> yeah. And just be able to like have all these different dishes and just be trying all the beautiful flavors. I haven't eaten yet today. And now my mouth is watering. <laughs> <laughs> Who is a woman in history or present day you admire? I would definitely have to say my grandmother, who's no longer with us. But yeah, I just, everything that she endured and overcame and created in her life was just so incredibly inspiring. And I just felt so connected to her my whole life. Oh, that's nice. Mm -hmm. 
What is your favorite quote? I have so many favorite quotes, but the one I think I'll settle on is um, it's from one of my mentors from Red School, Shawnee Hugo Wurlitzer. And I love her quote. Um, she says, menstrual cycle awareness is medicine for our times. Mm. And I 100% agree and love that quote. So awesome. That's a great one. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I loved learning from you and I'm sure that our listeners did as well. And I hope this seed that you've planted for us today will grow and we can become more aware of our cycles going forward. Thank you so much for having me and for having this wonderful podcast and doing all that you do. Thank you so much. 